Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, Lele. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Koro Vakauta. This week, mixed results for Pacific rugby sides in Europe. Papua New Guinea reaffirms support for the 2019 Pacific Games in Tonga and Guam football looks to expand its playing base. But first, Fiji's Olympic champion Sevens team picked up where they left off in Rio, staying unbeaten on their way to the Oceania Championship title in Suva. A new-look team featuring four Olympic gold medalists, five debutantes and three recalled former internationals defeated Samoa 28-19 in the men's final. Interim coach Nadar Tawunabuka says the team was on an extended honeymoon for a long time following their success in Rio. But after spending only a fortnight together in camp, he says their performances at the weekend were encouraging. Uh, obviously, we had like uh, five new players who were joining the team for the first time. And uh, we had four returning Olympians and uh, three players who had been in the system uh, a season and a half uh, ago and uh, were back in the mix. So... You know, um, expectations are pretty high on the seventh team at the moment in Fiji. And uh, and obviously there was uh, a bit of pressure on them uh, going out to perform uh, last this, this last weekend. And uh, we were quite pleased with, uh, you know, coming out with um, with a win. And uh, obviously in terms of the general performance there, there's still a lot of work on to improve on. But uh, it's good to get uh, the first tournament on the new season um, on the run. Yeah, I mean, it's only been a, a few months, but as you say, a lot's happened. You've got uh, a few Olympians, but uh, a lot of different faces in the squad. Obviously, you're looking after the boys with uh, Rob until, um, as coach, with Ben Ryan stepping down, uh, you know, until Gareth takes over next year. Um, and obviously, you've got a new World Series to focus on, so uh, a lot happening. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, it's a bit of a transition phase, really, now. Uh, we're rebuilding. We've, uh, we've lost uh, a few of our players. Um, and obviously... Uh, Ben has left, um, but we still keep in, in contact, you know, and uh, which is good. And, and really, the legacy that's been built over the last three years is uh, is a platform that we really have continued on. And uh, it, it was really good to have the senior boys uh, who were there as well to help with the program, and uh, still uh, keep the fluency in uh, in the team going forward. Is it easy to keep these boys motivated after all the, all the success they've had? Uh, to be honest with you, yeah, you know, there's um, the, the the new players coming into the team. They they, they come into the team with this uh, expectation, you know, uh, um, with with the Fiji Sevens team, and and obviously they've actually lifted how they prepare. So uh, that that has really been to our advantage. So even though they've been new into the environment, uh, they, they've really stepped up, and that has actually helped us to to, to prepare for the Oceania. And, and obviously now for the bigger picture, which is the new series. Indeed. Uh, and, and what did you make of the standard of competition? You mentioned you've only been with in camp for you know two or three weeks with the team leading up to the Oceanias. So to, to obviously go through unbeaten and, and uh, take out the tournament is, is pretty pleasing. What did you make of the opposition? You had Australia there, you had Samoa there making the final under new coaches as well. So um, you know these are teams you'll be coming up against you know regularly again when that World Series kicks off in Dubai. 
absolutely. You know, in pool play, we, we played uh, Papua New Guinea, which, uh, you know, they took Samoa to the wire and they only lost out in seven deaths. So they're, they're a decent team, you know, the Papua New Guinea. Uh, and then obviously we had Tonga, which is a, a traditional rugby nation. Uh, they, they they give us uh, you know some good good competition in pool play and then obviously coming up against a well coached well drilled uh, Australian team uh, in the semis um, young side but they had you know lots of uh, you know, lots of energy lots of enthusiasm and uh, it was really good that they they pushed the, the the boys to the to the wire in that semi final and then you know in the final against Samoa we knew they were you know very strong side very well coached with uh, Stephen Bethan and uh, obviously. Uh, um, Sir Gordon Pigeons there um, helping out. Uh, we knew we knew that we were going to be up against it with a big physical Samoan team, and uh, it was quite quite pleasing how, especially the younger boys in the team, how they were able to stand up in that final and uh, and man up in a physical contest. So, what's the focus from now until Dubai? Um, do, you, do you get are there, are there any players that weren't available for this one that that will come back into contention? And, and what's the sort of focus is on for you guys in training and camp? Yes, um, we've got about five boys who are just marching into camp tonight and uh, they start preparation tomorrow. Uh, they were out uh, touring with uh, one of our um, bigger club sites uh, out in Asia, so they were not considered uh, for, for the Oceania 7th. But um, yeah, they march in tonight, we start training with them tomorrow and uh, the boys who played on the weekend, they, they march in tomorrow evening. So really we'll have about 16 to 18 boys in camp and then we'll, we'll cut it down to uh, the travelling team to Dubai and Cape Town. That's the interim Fiji Sevens coach Nadatawinebuka. Meanwhile, Samoa are hoping to begin a path back to the top of the Sevens game. Sir Gordon Titchens does not formally take charge until the Wellington Sevens in January, but is being ably assisted by Stephen Beetham, who led Samoa to the World Series title in 2010. Just being back has just been an honour and a privilege just to, to be involved again. But preparations with the team, um, there's a bunch of new new faces. I guess what we're trying to do at the moment is um, establish ourselves a good foundation base and then we'll work from there. Everything's going to plan at the moment and we're just slowly trying to get into things. Your background, having obviously coached the Manu Sevens and Manu Samoa, uh, has that made it easier for you coming back into this environment, knowing what the situation is, what who the players are and that sort of thing? Definitely. Not just that, I think I've learned a lot from um, Manfa Mosesin. It's given me a lot more insight in the way professionalism rugby has gone. Just working with most of the professional coaches um, in, in Manfa Mosesin has given me a lot more to think about as a um, sevens coach. As I was a coach before and um, I didn't get a lot of professional help. Everything was done by book and uh, on island. But now, you know, I guess it's a very valuable experience for me coming from the teams and getting that experience. And now I'm just trying to put it together now and and help uh, Sir Gordon with uh, what we need to do to move someone rugby forward. You know, even from your time coaching the Manu Sevens to, to now, so much has changed in the Sevens game with the Olympics. You know, it's become a sport in its own right, Sevens as opposed to Fifteens, and it's getting more and more professional and more and more teams are getting competitive. Yeah, that's right, Vinny. And, you know, it's a learning curve for myself. Not just learning off titans, but learning from the new players now. We've got a lot of new faces, and hopefully we can build well towards for the next four years. I know Sir Gordon's not completely with the team yet. He was obviously over in Suva with you and doesn't officially take charge for a couple of months. But what's it like, that dynamic with you two? Obviously, you were rivals, I guess, for a, for a few years here, and I'm sure you get on well personally. But uh, how is it now being on his team and him being on yours? Oh, it's been great. He's got a lot of new ideas come up with, and not just the players, but, but me as a coach, you know, I'm looking at learning. If there's anyone you want to learn of, it's, it's, it's probably Titch. Um, he's been there for 22 years with New Zealand, and he's won so many, it's just almost as many cups as he 
as years has been cooking. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a very good four years for us if we look forward. We've just got to work together and try to move some more rugby forward. And uh, what did you take out of the Oceania tournament at the weekend? Uh, you made it through to the final uh, against Fiji and, you know, ran them relatively close, four tries to three. Um, you know, how, how do you feel that went? We were pretty happy with the way the, the Oceania went. Um, we took uh, probably seven new features and, you know, it was a chance for them to put their hands up. We wanted to, to measure some of these players, whether they were worthy enough of making that next step up. And, you know, some of them mastered the call and uh, some of them are in real contention now for Dubai. A lot of fans were quite impressed with what happened last year, but of course now we've got another new regime. So what would you say to Samoan rugby fans? Can they be optimistic? Can they be demanding? What What can they expect? I think Titch said it at, at the start. It's, it's not a it's not a quick fix. It's not an easy fix. But we've got some plans in place, and, and we're going to try to make sure we, we implement those plans. It's very unfortunate that the way rugby goes is, um, you know, for us coaches, it's not the, the process is mainly the outcome now. And if the outcome doesn't come out right, we could be gone by the end of next year. To say that it's not a quick fix, though, implies that you've got a long-term vision. So are you confident the SRU is on board and understands that? Yes, I think Titch has, has put that out on his plans. He's, he's put out a four-year plan and he's, he's been there to show the board and, and I think they've agreed on it. So um, that's the whole planning we've, we've uh, looked at and, and we're going to implement for the next uh, couple of years. Will the bulk of the squad be locally based? Is, is that the focus? Well, at this stage, we, we have uh, the players from last year. They're all in camp right now in Samoa. So um, we will uh, work through all of the stages and, and all the fitness and, and strength um, criterias and then um, we'll, we'll, we'll probably name the team midweek next week. That's the Samoa Sevens assistant coach Stephen Beatham speaking to Vinnie Wiley. Pacific Rugby sides had mixed results in their first round of Northern Hemisphere rugby matches. The Flying Fijians were thumped 40-7 by the Barbarians in Belfast while Tonga defeated Spain 28-13 in Madrid. Manu Samoa suffered the biggest jellacking being thrashed 52-8 by France and Toulouse. And coach Alama Edemir admits it was a difficult day at the office. Well, if you start missing tackles and, um, at the top level and turn the ball over, uh, you get punished, especially by a very quality um, tier one country like France. So that first half, you know, we made far too many errors and, um, for this level. And uh, we learned a very harsh lesson. From your perspective, just basic fundamentals is what let you down, really. Yeah, there was a couple of keys. Turnovers, he turned the ball over you know, four times and we just lost that momentum and we had no position in the first half. And obviously you, you need the ball to actually um, get some territory and some and some points. And then when we did get the ball, we uh, we turned it over and um, in front of it, got the points. So that was a whole momentum uh, shift there. And then uh, we brought a lot more energy in the second half. Um, but unfortunately, uh, that didn't last that long. So um, once again, you get punished um, at critical stages of the game. In terms of your preparation for the match, did did France come out as you expected? Well, we went into this game with uh, are very well aware that uh, France was, was playing in front of the obviously the head coach's home uh, hometown. There's a lot of emotion, and they're obviously rebuilding as well. Um, so we, uh, we we certainly knew what we were going to be in for. Um, that was definite, definitely uh, understood. But unfortunately, uh, once again, if if we, if we start um, conceding momentum and uh, they were making some very good yardage around the rucks and um, together with their offloading, uh, they really punished us. So um, that was that was probably the key in the first half. Georgia had a, uh, a tight loss to Japan. Probably the last thing on your mind. Uh 
in the last few hours, but um, you've obviously got another test match, another week, um, and you've obviously got a match under your belts now. So, uh, you know, out of this France game, in terms of selections, in terms of uh, you know how you approach that game, has, has anything changed, or what's the what's the focus going forward here? As you obviously want to learn from the French game. Oh, it's pretty obvious. I mean, uh, we need our energy levels to be up in the first half. I just, uh, you know, I thought defensively our energy levels weren't there. So I want to have a good look at as to why why there's a significant difference in the first half and the second half. And obviously, uh, selection will look after that. But mainly, uh, really got to have a look at our game as well. Where uh, we've limited ball, you know, we we still turn too much ball over. So we'll uh, we'll have a look at that, and then um, and then we'll move on. The boys are. Obviously, they're very uh, disappointed at the moment, but um, but we'll make sure as a coaching group that we we get our focus on recovery straight away and then and regroup very quickly uh, because obviously another another strong team over uh, in Georgia. So we've got to make sure that we uh, look after. Indeed, and obviously a team you've already played this year as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and um, I'm sure Milton and the boys will be uh, pretty fired up now that they lost to Japan. So take in the. And Tony Brown probably haven't done, well, I suppose, uh, taking his coaching uh, career, haven't done us any favours there. But um, but we still got to make sure we look after our own game first and foremost and have a look at how we can regroup and, and do our part to make things better. That's Manu Samoa, Coach Alama Edemir, speaking to Vinnie Wiley. The Papua New Guinea government's reaffirmed its commitment to helping Tonga's preparations to host the 2019 Pacific Games. A PNG delegation visited Nukualofa in February to assess the local facilities and indicated a willingness to help refurbish Teofaiva National Stadium. CEO of the Games Organising Committee, Lord Sevele, said last month that work was yet to begin and uncertainty remained. PNG Sports Minister Justin Kachenko says they've not forgotten their Pacific neighbours. I had this mission ready for Tonga and it will be submitted to NEC over the, in the next uh, coming weeks. NEC is a national executive council the, where 36 ministers sit on there and make decisions for this country. And uh, NEC will decide what uh, funding that they will give to Tonga for um, help them with Main Grand Stadium and the High Performance Centre. The final approval of that support for Tonga hasn't yet been granted? It will be not been granted. It will be granted by NEC, uh, which the chairman is the prime minister. And NEC, National Executive Council, will make a deliberation on what assistance they can give, uh, understanding our current economic situation. not going to let our countrymen down in Tonga. Uh, we've made a commitment. The Prime Minister still stands by his commitment, and we'll assist wherever we can, but also we'll assist in technical assistance too through human resource. OK, because the initial sort of commitment that you talk about there was effectively taking over in a way and rebuilding that Tifaiva Stadium there. Is that still... No, Tonga? that's what Tonga said. That's not what we said. <laughs> That was Tonga's government's uh, wish to have us do that for them. That's why we sent out an, uh, engineers and architects and everything to see what the costs were, what we could do, and what we could afford. Now we've got back all those scope of works and information and everything that needs to be done, and with the figures, we'll give that to the NEC to decide what uh, funding we can give uh, to assist in that re. Uh, construction of the uh, stadium and the high-performance centre. And when's that decision to be made? In two weeks' time. That's the PNG Sports Minister, Justin Kachenko. Guam have finished winless at the East Asian Cup football tournament in Hong Kong. The men's team were beaten 3-2 by Hong Kong, 2-0 by North Korea and 2-0 by Chinese Taipei. 
while the women were thumped 13-0 by South Korea and 8-1 against Chinese Taipei before a 1-0 defeat by Hong Kong in their final match. Darren Sawatsky was coaching the Matao for the first time and says not much went their way. You know, the first game against Hong Kong, it took us a half to find our feet a little bit. Uh, once we did, we, we regrouped and did quite well. We, uh, we were down 3-0 and actually came back and uh, we lost 3-2. Could have very easily tied the game. You know, um, it was a learning experience. I think they were a little bit better than us, but the boys did well. The game against North Korea, was, you know, it's the best result we've had against them. And to be honest, if, if the ball would have bounced our way a little bit more, I think we might have got something more out of that game. The final game, um, it was unfortunate to, for us to take a red card early. You know, we played the game with, with 10 men. And to be honest, in the final uh, 40 minutes of the game, you know, I, 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 we had the run of play. Uh, we created two open open shots at goal, and neither one of them went in. And at that point, we you know we were down 1-0. If we'd have scored those goals, I, I think we probably would have won the game down a man. There were positives to take from it. You know, nobody ever likes to lose three games, but uh, it was it's something to build on. Yeah, and I guess uh, you know as we discussed previously, it was all new for you coming into as the new coach of the team as as well. So um, you know, having had a brief chance to train with some of the players prior to that, um, how do you feel? in terms of what you know about the Mattel now as opposed to um, before this all started? Well, um, it's pretty apparent that we have a, a, a very narrow pool of players. We have some very good players. You know, if we're not able to get some of our players into these camps and these games, which we we were missing a few of our top players, you know, it cost us. You know, a couple of the goals um, that were scored on us, uh, particularly in the first game, some players got caught out of position in areas of the field that they don't normally play. You know, having having a full... 11 strong, the strongest players there, I think, would have helped us. Uh, but in saying that, I think the guys, you know, they, were, they, they did well. We're going to need to improve and expand our, our pool of players in order to challenge the guys that are there. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I pretty much expected what we got. And you said that previously when Gary White was in charge that you had helped him in, in trying to locate players all around the globe. So I guess uh, uh, in an effort to keep doing that, it's something you're all familiar with. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we're wide open. Anybody that has any... Any heritage um, um, with Guam, we're wide open at any age group. Uh, we need to learn who's out there and, and also expand the pool in all age groups so that the program perpetuates itself as we make it bigger and bigger. You only develop players when they're challenged. And if a player who's very good isn't challenged by the next player in line, it's hard to help them improve. And uh, these matches were obviously part of the East Asian Cup, which, you know, a tournament gameplay in its own right. But uh, I guess the, the next major thing coming up for you guys is, is trying to lock in that East, uh, sorry, try and lock in that Asian Cup uh, qualification. Have you guys got any matches prior to, you know, the home and away league for that? Or what's on the horizon for Guam? We're going to take a little break. Uh, we'll have a meeting here shortly uh, to discuss preparation for that. You know, the, the draw comes in January, I think. So we'll look to prepare a little bit differently, and uh, I'll get back to you on how we're going to do that. That's the Guam football coach, Darren Sawatsky. And that is the World in Sport for this week from RNZ International. I'm Korovaka Omea. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. 
That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 